Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass and making all the all sparkly, spanky clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Talk shots. <laughs> <laughs> I just checked myself out. Music, wine, and then blue bump. The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater of magic your pants. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. I didn't know. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, hello, podcast listeners. Hello, everybody. We're back here another week of By the By. We are. Yeah. And I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not literally. Hopefully not literally. I have the the bad COVID. Uh, Fortunately, it's not the bad, bad one. It's only Omicron. So, Um, but yeah, so this week, I'm going to let Angela do a lot of the talking. So So, uh, take it away. Yeah, so we have coming up a pendulum party, which is 80s themed, and that is on March 25th. And then there's another pendulum on May 27th. So we're getting back to the bi-monthly thing, which is really great. Yeah, super exciting. So hopefully if you're in the Sydney area or can be in the Sydney area for either of those, come out, join us, see us, have some fun. It's going to be so good. And 80s music in March. Awesome. Very excited about that. Yes. And there'll be things coming up. Uh, we do have some collaborations with Exclusively RHP, so there'll be some things coming up with that. Stay tuned for more information. Yeah, we're very excited for that, too. Mm-hmm. And more than anything, we are excited about this week's podcast. Yes. Do you know uh, what this week's podcast is? I do. I do. <laughs> we were very fortunate to uh, be able to interview a brilliant musician, Sydney drag star musician. She is not a drag queen no but uh she was on the voice the australian voice and uh, she led the the bi plus visibility float in this year's mardi gras yeah she's an amazing human being who managed to pull everything together and keep it together or seemingly keep it together just yeah so good to, to talk to her and to learn a little bit more about her and her music and what makes her tick yeah so uh, without further ado here is our interview with penelope And tonight we have with us Penelope, who is a bisexual musical artist who is taking the Sydney drag scene by storm. So thank you for joining us today, Penelope. Thank you so much. Great to have you on. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited. I've been listening to your work mm-hmm. uh, and I just want to say... Look, your use of puns, if people didn't know you were bisexual before, your use of puns in your music, <laughs> it's, it, was, it was there all the time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I like subtle not being subtle. Right, right. I love it. I love it. Uh, That's so good. I love it. So how long have you, let's start with the music scene. How long have you been in the music scene in Sydney? 
Yeah, so I've been a full-time musician uh, for over 12 years now. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I've been as a like a gigging musician um, around the Sydney scene for, for a long time, mm-hmm. working in bands, pubs, clubs, corporate functions, all that sort of stuff. And it's only been in like the last two years that I've made my way into the drag scene, like the, the strip, uh, the gay clubs, um, and that's where I've really found my home and that sort of aligned with my coming out as bisexual and all of that. So that evolution kind of just like it, it sort of just steamrolled in a great way. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Sydney drag scene like a couple of years, but as a professional musician, yeah, like 12. That's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Is it something that's always been in your blood? Have you always like you knew you had to be a musician? Oh my god. If oh the stories I could tell you. <laughs> yeah, I was like I was putting on concerts when I was, you know, as as young as you could possibly imagine, like, you know, three or four years old. And then in school apparently I would just like take over the playground and demand that people watch me sing and dance. <laughs> and I remember pitching like a performance to my kindergarten teacher, like when we were doing a concert. I remember like just this tiny little memory of me like pitching her like the performance. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've been a performer from day dot. (laughs) That is brilliant. I love it. So it sounds like it's definitely born into you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in my blood. It's not going Uh anywhere. (laughs) That's awesome. It's, well, and this is a great place for it too. So Mm. yeah, there's definitely a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. I I know. And it seems like the live music, especially in Sydney Mm -hmm. has changed a lot in the last decade. Uh, Us being in Australia almost that long now, uh, when we first got here, it was very hard to find live music. And it seems in the past, even with COVID Mm -hmm. uh, in the past three to five years, uh, the live music has really bumped up and maybe it's because we're now starting to know where to go, the drag shows and whatnot uh, to see the live performances. And it's just delightful. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) So what made you decide to come out as bisexual? We're just going to jump right into it because I'm really curious. Rip the bandaid off. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a funny story, that one. So I, like, classified myself as bi-curious from a young age. I was, like, making out with girls and stuff when I was in high school, like, sneaking around the back of the library and kissing this lovely girl called Sam. And then, like, that was my first high school. My second high school was Newtown Performing Arts. And, yeah, I – it was so funny. Like, I just sort of – I would I would do that and you'd sort of do it very secretively and so like I sort of very casually dated this girl but we'd only ever make out and like that was probably when I was I was going to Newtown so I would have been in like year nine um, and yeah then I I was you know then dating guys I dated my first boyfriend for like three years and then dated my next boyfriend for five and a half and um, during that relationship he kind of expressed that or not kind of, in uh, very explicit terms, was, like, not okay with uh, my curiosities. I'd, I'd um, sort of swung the idea of a threesome and he just kind of freaked out. <laughs> and um, which I was like, I found the only man in the world that <laughs> threesomes. Like, what the fuck is that? I was Sorry, thinking. am I allowed to swear on you? Oh, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, I was so floored by that. I was like, who doesn't, what? What is that even? Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, because of that relationship that really forced me to suppress this thing that was just like it was there sort of simmering under the surface as a curiosity that I was very nervous about. I, Like I'd, you know, been to clubs. Like, I mean, I've grown up around gay clubs and stuff and all my friends are gay going to performing arts high school. Like being a poor man, that's just 
that's the scene you're in. So it wasn't like I was oblivious to the gay scene at all. Um, and I remember going out and like making out with chicks, but being like, so nervous about like the prospect of going further than that, um, just because it was so foreign to me. And and so then, um, yeah, but then having to suppress all of those like curiosities and uh, really started to make their way to the surface and when I was having like really vivid dreams like I would uh, honestly I would like wake up in the middle of the night like <laughs> and have like my tongue out of my mouth and dream like <laughs> was <on> my <laughs> like it was so in- and that's like a reoccurring dream and then I'd be petrified that m- like my then boyfriend was like would see that and know what was going on in my head and I was like I just couldn't hide from it and then I was like it just I just realized this person, as much as they love me and they did love me a lot, as much as they possibly could, still couldn't accept me for who I was and still couldn't reckon with that. And um, you know, and it I was like, I just I can't I can't do that anymore. And so then like a month after we split, I had my first experience with a woman, which was also my first threesome. Oh. Um, so it was a big night yeah. uh, <laughs> and it was after a show, which was a huge show that my, my best friend put on that I was performing in and everything. So it was like a massive, massive night. And, um, and yeah, that really solidified my, uh, you know, my sexuality. Cause mm-hmm. at that point I was, you know, I call myself by curious. I wasn't prepared to fully take on the, the label because I was afraid that what if this curiosity uh, is just that and nothing more and I don't want to claim a space that I'm not a part of out of respect so I was I was really waiting till I knew and so um, that experience and then the ones following definitely solidified that for me uh, yeah so did you feel any additional pressure to come out publicly just because of being part of you know professional music scene or was that just something that you're just you just knew that you just wanted to tell the world yeah, it's funny, like, for, for my friend's circle, it's like they, they all knew. They all knew that I was curious and they were all like, God damn it, Penny, sleep with a woman already. <laughs> um, no, they call me Penny. Um, and uh, so, yeah, but in terms of publicly, um, I I just, like, become more and more proud and just and, and want to do it because I want to be visible, because I want to, mm-hmm. I want to be that thing that I didn't see. I want to be a representation for the people that that I wish I had, um, and which is actually I'm, I'm writing a song at the moment called Biconic, and there's a line that represents that in the chorus. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I, that is why we started this podcast yeah. was – yeah. We looked around and there were no beacons and it's so it's nice to it's nice to have a, a beacon, uh, you know, a light, a light post in the in the fog for folks. And music is such a great way to, you know, music is one of those magical things where if you know what you're talking about in a song, you know. Right. And if yeah. you don't, you're like, oh, I still like it. I just like the beat. Um, totally. And it's really it can be this little secret um, the secret message, the secret bond that you have with certain listeners. And there's ways that you can uh, sort of get people to become more accepting mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of different lifestyle choices mm-hmm. and who we are. Totally. Yeah, it's exactly. A hundred percent. It starts to become 
like normal or normalized because it's a part of the conversation. You get people that aren't exposed to our community and our way of life who would otherwise think like it's so foreign and different and taboo. Suddenly it's like, oh, everyone, like they're all normal people. Like they're not aliens. They're not weird. <laughs> and people who ha- feel like that go, oh, I'm not weird. Like it's, it's okay that I feel this way. Yes, exactly. And music is such a great way to reach people and, and for people to be able to identify and, and see themselves in it. And it's it's something that because there are so many platforms these days to get music out there, you can reach people in so many different areas and so many different walks of life. So it really is a, a really important avenue to try and get the messages out. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah and likewise with podcasting, which is a, such mm. a great platform that's really exploded in the last few years, especially. Yes, it has. And yet somehow we've kept to it and we still love it. Uh, yeah, we we absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you spent some time on The Voice. You were on that. How was that? Because I don't know the the culture in the music scene, but how was that with your sexuality? Was Were you accepted in that environment or was that a bit of a challenge yeah look I um everyone on the scene was like the the production crew they were all so lovely and accepting and so wonderful and um I did find that it was um it was tricky because channel Seven's known as quite a conservative channel so on the show it wasn't made public about you know uh, me being bisexual same as like other artists like Sean Miley Moore who is incredibly queer like in, and very proud as well um but he is it, what's interesting with, with like gay men is they present very much like and typically they can present uh the way that they are whereas like you look at someone like me you wouldn't go oh she's bisexual you know what I mean right. if you're not mm-hmm. queer you wouldn't mm-hmm. assume that you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas a, a guy looks like Sean, like he's got the big hoop earrings and he wears a little dress and like stuff. And that's a very, yeah. So, and which we all just die for, we love. <laughs> um, so I, I wasn't able to sort of make, I, I tried my best to make the statement that, that Sean did in the way that he did, um, but they didn't run with my backstory of being bisexual. They run with the backstory of, I was on the previous year and I didn't get through and so now it's my time for redemption. And what I made very clear in interviews around the show um, with queer media was that the reason I was back and that was to represent our community and to show our, our bisexual community that, yeah, that we are valid and we're seen and that we need to be seen and um, that we deserve to be appreciated and loved. Yeah. You bring up an interesting point in in people's perceptions, because like you said, if someone is gay and in certain ways that it's very recognizable Mm -hmm. and but a lot of times bisexuals kind of that's where you get a lot of bi erasure there because people it's how do you peg people as being bisexual, like just walking down the road, you're not gonna be like, oh, yeah, that person's bi, that person's bi. Oh, they're maybe a little curious. Like it, you can't do that. You cannot make assumptions based on looks. And that then makes it harder for the general public to realize how many people out there may be curious, questioning bisexual. 100%. Now. Yeah, 100%. I've, this thing, I've started just being like, oh my God, that is so bisexual. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've just started saying it, like just like outfits I put together or like ways I hold my tea or something. Do you know what I mean? Um, just like claiming this space. <laughs> That's so bisexual. Um, yeah, you're so right. 
like um, if you look at like a stereotypical way that maybe a lesbian dress or, or a gay person dress, um, like it's it's very identifiable and and it's obviously like I'm saying that in very broad strokes. Of course, of course, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people can can really um, show that in the way that they present themselves, but it's it's sort of a bit different, mm-hmm. and it's also like it lends it that conversation lends itself also to. Um, our friends in the non-binary community where, you know, non-binary people don't owe us uh, androgyny Mm -hmm. and don't have to present that way to validate uh, how they identify. Uh, So basically it's pretty much a commentary to to say that, you know, not all people present the way that they are. And, yeah, like you said, you can't make assumptions based on how someone looks on their gender or their Mm -hmm. orientation. It's very much a don't judge a book by its cover sort of sort of thing. And we've all been told that, but I think we need to remember that quite often. Uh, I remember yeah. a fair day that Angela and I went to a year before last. And as we were walking in, uh, a young lady in front of us looked back at us and said, the problem with fair day is all the straight people. And and I was like, oh, you know, it really slapped me kind of in a, yeah, right. You look at us, you take a, a physical snapshot yeah. and we look like the heteronormative couple. Um but once you scratch off the surface, um, much like a lottery ticket, uh, <laughs> we have so much depth and, and there's, so, there's so much different about us. And it's mm. dangerous to make those assumptions. It is. It's dangerous and it's hurtful. And I've had so many friends that have said the same thing where they've been, they've been with friends themselves who know that they're queer. Mm-hmm. And um, but they're in a, uh, you know, in a relationship with the opposite sex. So they're perceived as like a heteronormative couple leading a heteronormative life. But that doesn't, um, that means that that's what, does that suddenly diminish your queerness? Because, you know, you're um, a cis woman and a cis man, but you're still both queer, you know, like, and I think that's, yeah, a huge conversation around bisexuality is it's so easily erased in that conversation. And it like, it makes you feel like you're not, meant to fit in either category in straight world or queer world. And it's just, that doesn't feel very fair. No, yeah. not at all. Agreed. 100%, 100%. <laughs> and we're against that. We, we need a, we need either a tattoo that we can all wear or a yeah. shirt. Um, I mean, everywhere we go, we wear our, our pink purples and blues. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Um, yes. Just, just touching on it. Our, we're, we're on video. So lucky us, um, not our folks at home. Uh, but you have, your nails are amazing. They are, they're by flags. Yeah. They are fucking brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. I had these done. I was sitting there like debating with my nail technician being like, I really need it to be like these colors. And they're like, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> like debating with me, I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm at the front of the bisexual float. They have to, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So that actually is a perfect, you just let us into the perfect segue. You were at the front of the bisexual float. So for the folks who aren't here in Australia, Mardi Gras is an amazing queer Christmas uh, that comes but once a year, much like Santa Claus. <laughs> and we have marched in the uh, Biplus Visibility float twice before. And because of COVID and because of then the weather and we were like, oh, I just I can't I can't do it this year. I can't I can't put that. Uh, I didn't have enough spoons, uh, mm. broad broadband or uh, bandwidth. There's the word I'm looking for. Um <laughs> So 
and what we had heard was that there wasn't going to be a float. Yeah. There wasn't right. enough interest. There wasn't enough people. And then like out of the blue, this whirlwind named <laughs> Penelope was like, bitch, I ain't going to have that. We're having a float. So tell, tell us what... Tell us about that story. Yeah. So this has been the craziest two weeks, honestly. <laughs> oh, my God. This poor bedroom has seen so much, <laughs> like, with all of, like, the, the like the material and the costumes and everything. So, yeah, basically, um, so Biconic is, uh, was a float that was running mm-hmm. and Biplus Billy was running as well, you know. Um, I was meant to be singing on the Biconic float. Okay. And... Um, yeah, two weeks ago, I messaged Brie, who is the organizer of Biconic. And I was like, Hey, babe, just touching base. Like what's going on with the float? And she was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I forgot to tell you. I've had to pull the float because, um, just of family commitments. And, um, and so, yeah, she, she was hoping that someone else would take over, but it just kind of all fell through, sadly. And then I was like, okay, so what other floats do we have? And she's like, actually, I've just heard word that Biplus plus visibility is pulled as well because there wasn't enough interest. And I was devastated because I've actually never even been to Mardi Gras because I'm a working musician. I book like many months in advance. And so every year I just stupidly would book on Mardi Gras weekend (laughs) and I'd be working. And then, you know, even when I came out, I made the same mistake. Having said that last year, I did play for Mardi Gras. I just, because I was booked, I wasn't able to make it to the parade and my gig. Mm. Um, But I was performing on Oxford Street at Universal. Anyway, so yeah, thanks. So um, I heard word, and so I heard that on the Monday night. I was devastated. Tuesday night I was where I teach and there's this beautiful designer there who's become a good friend of mine. And I was telling him and I was so upset and he was like, well, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> and, and he was like, well, what are we going to do? Like message them, call them. I'm like, babe, it's like two weeks till the parade. Like what can I do? He's like, well, find out. I was like, oh, my God, okay. Um, so I messaged uh, both Riley and Bree, and was like, hey, because the, the floats had been approved by Mardi Gras, so mm. they'd been factored into the parade. It wasn't like we'd completely missed that boat. Officially, they were allocated slots time in the parade. So I was like, hey, what are the chances of us getting one of these reinstated? I'll do the work. Like just if you can contact because you're the, you were the contacts of those floats, if we can just get that ball rolling. So I messaged them individually and then uh, they said, you need a minimum of 20 people for a float. And I was like, okay. So then that night I was messaging everyone. By Wednesday morning, I had 20 people committed. Love it. Um, I, I even like went to my house and I was like, babe, you're in the float with me. I don't care. <laughs> plans, whatever. And then that was Wednesday morning. By Wednesday, like five o'clock, I got the email saying Penelope is now the new organizer of the BiPlus visibility float. And I just was in Newtown, like crying. And and then, yeah, within a week, we had sold out our tickets for the float. Um, so that was 40 tickets. Wow. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, so huge. Good. So good. And then I had uh, Flynn. So Flynn was one of the organizers for the Biconic float last year, and he was going to be this year again. So he very generously stepped forward and, um, and helped me with admin and stuff because while I was doing all of this, I was also preparing to launch my next single jelly. So it's been like just 
intense. So he helped me with administration side of things. Um, and then Brie, because we were doing all the organizing, she was able to step back in and um, just do a couple of little bits and pieces, which was really lovely. So we ended up getting this 10 meter long by flag, um, which you probably saw. Uh And yeah. And I basically was just like, all right, everyone, these are your colors. Like, you know, we had people in blue, purple, pink, and with, and the theme was under the by umbrella, which was uh, Riley's creation Mm -hmm. for by plus visibility. So we kept their vision. One of the gorgeous people who marched who's pansexual, omnisexual, they, I gave her a beach umbrella and I gave her satin and I was like, what can you do? (laughs) Covering this. I was like, I would love to do this, but I don't have time. So I'm delegating. And is it okay if you help me? And she sews as well. She's an aerialist and her partner's non-binary and they were marching with us as well. So they flew the pansexual and the non-binary flags. Awesome. And so. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, Missy ended up sewing this like gorgeous umbrella and the beautiful designer who encouraged said, if you pull this off, I will make your outfit. So that stunning long train skirt. Yes. Yes. He made that for me. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And so I'd already had my bisexual boots custom made because I was like, once I'd been on The Voice, I was like, this is something that I have to have done. You know, it's just, it's going to (laughs) be... Yeah, like a calling card for me. So I was like, I've got the boots. I had that um, leotard was already sequined, which I did myself one night. You're thinking I'm, you know, handy with blue. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, and so then the bustle really just made it. And my hair, I actually did that in the car. Oh, my gosh, that's wow. awesome. Wow. <laughs> I was, like, sitting in the back seat, like, watching in this tiny rear view mirror, just, like, trying to paint all this together but yeah anyway so everyone looked amazing uh we had all of these beautiful umbrellas that like people had written messages on while we were waiting and we taped all of the plus flags too so non-binary the indigenous flag pansexual flag asexual flag i have friends in all of those communities and i reached out and just told them that we're really proudly flying their flags and they were really grateful as well so yeah, and we I had drag queens with me who that I work with and I was just so floored by the support of people just stepping forward and even if they didn't fall into any of the categories, like I really believe in allyship. Having allies is so incredibly important because when you're a minority group, like we need to be there for each other to lift each other up and elevate each other's voices. Like that's how we move forward and we get heard. It's not just falling on the backs of that group alone. So 
um, it was really lovely to have them with us too. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a beautiful way to put it. I think when we band together, we're always stronger than when, we're mm-hmm. stand, when we try to stand mm-hmm. alone. 100%. Yeah, it's just amazing how much work you pulled off so quickly because it was not hardly any time at all whatsoever. But it it all looked amazing. And like the, you know, Riley's idea about under the by umbrella was genius given the weather. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) For people not in Australia, it's been raining for like two weeks, like torrentially downpour raining for two weeks. And so that was like genius as well. And I mean, there's something about the by flag when you see it and you get that aerial view of it. It's just like, oh, I love it. Just, yeah, so good. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how how much you pulled together there for that. And, and, you know, like you said, with the support of your friends and your community and and that's what it takes. So it's great. To quote a song. You know, it, you get by with a little help from your friends. Hundred percent. Sing a joke, Hogger. So this was your first time marching in the parade, mm-hmm. and yes. So and the first time seeing it live, right? Is that? Yeah. And okay, how was it? Was it ever? Did it live up to the expectations? It was incredible. It was oh, it was so amazing. I saw. Um, so my mom and her partner. My mom's gay, so um, her and her partner were down the front. I saw them and then I saw George who created the skirt and then my producers as well and their partners, they were in the stands too. And when I saw my producers was when I just lost it. Oh. Um, I just started crying because they were just like the four of them were just standing there <laughs> screaming and I was like, oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, it was crazy. It was amazing. I actually heard my my name screamed out a lot, which was really lovely. I was like, so many people know my name. What is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it was like that time when I was like walking the red carpet at the Arias, but everyone thought I was Jessie J because I had the same hair kind of But I didn't know. So I just thought everyone was obsessed with me for no apparent reason. Um, turns out they thought I was Jessie J. Oh, my Hilarious. gosh. That is the best story. I know. I was fully like, I was living my fantasy. I was like, yes, hi, oh my God, I love you too. Thank you, yes. And then I get to the end and my singing teacher was like, oh, Jessie J. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, "That's everyone was screaming Jessie J because that's what they thought. They thought you were her. I was like, okay, that's funny. (laughs) You still had a great moment, right? (laughs) I did. I had a light, you know, you couldn't tell me anything. I was loving it. But this time around they were screaming my name, which was so wonderful. What I loved was all of the little kids as well. There were so many young kids with their, like, families waving and I was just like, that's, you know, this is beautiful, like, where you have the younger generation in the queer community appreciating our our lifestyle and our mm-hmm. life, like, these kids that grow up knowing that this is normal and beautiful and you can be who you want to be. Um, I love that. And even the exposure to it at a very young age, because I know, you know, for me growing up in Bradford as well, it's not something we saw, we knew even existed. It wasn't even a possibility. So to be able to see that at such a young age, I think is super, super important to have that exposure and then and to see it in a positive light and to to garner that acceptance. It's just yeah. such a such a good thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So during all of this time, like you said, you're doing organizing the float, getting everybody together, and you're releasing a single. <laughs> yeah. As you do. Yeah, you didn't have enough on your plate already. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> so my single came out on Friday and then the, the parade was on the Saturday. So it's just been, it's been crazy. 
And yeah, so the single's called Jelly. Mm. And basically, I, I wrote it off the back of the voice. Um, so like, as I said, I tried to go in there really representing my community. Mm. And the thing is, is that something that I'm so uh, like, I feel so indebted, I'm so deeply, deeply grateful for is my exposure and my time in uh, especially Universal, the drag club, the gay club Universal on Oxford yep. Street. It's like the second home to me now. I, I went in there with my best friend and he got me up and I sang. And it's like, so I don't know if you know Sunday Shenanigans, but for everyone that doesn't know, Sunday Shenanigans is Sunday night at Universal where it's pretty much like a um, – an open mic night but for drag queens and so if you're a drag queen you can or if you're a live performer you can come along with typically mainly drag queens that do it and you know you hand in your music and you perform and it's hosted by three incredible queens Lebeau Fierce, Raquel Felch and Karma Bites and uh, so they're the hosts and then the rest of us just turn up and perform um, not for a fee but just because we love it and then everyone comes and watches and it's amazing. So I was pulled up on stage one night there and sang and then ended up doing like five or six encores, which was ridiculous. That's awesome. I know. It was so insane. And so then I just, I got so addicted. I kept going back and this was when COVID was still a thing. So I didn't have any gigs. So I had all the time in the world. And so I started to discover my performance, um, like where I, I really wanted to live, but I just didn't have the opportunity to explore that on the stages I was working in with bands. I had to be fully clothed and boring stuff like that. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so like now I'm on a drag stage and I'm like, I'm not wearing pants. I'm getting my tits out. I'm like crawling on the stage and just like doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And I just have really, really come into my own with that. And so I wanted to take that into the voice and kind of bring an element of like drag race and like queer community into it so the most sort of um the most known outfit of of anyone that watched it was the one where I wore a jeweled uh, bodice Mm -hmm. with what was actually swimmer bottoms um high waisted swimmer bottoms because like you know just duh (laughs) and then um and then to um sort of save my modesty slightly I wore a just a sheer black skirt over the top with like a lace thing and like my big boots, my big green bun on my head. I have different colored hair extensions, and so I felt, I felt incredible. And when I dress for drag, I always feel amazing, even with all the body image issues that I've had all my life. It's where I feel my best, and so I wanted to bring that with me. So when that aired, I had a lot of support. A lot of people being like, "Yes, get a girl," but I also had a lot of people that were like what the fuck is this? <laughs> like who does she think she is you can't go on tv wearing swimmers like what is this freak la 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 like saying all this crazy stuff and what's really interesting is that i i always care about what people think about me and so one of the things about being on a public show is that i was really worried that people were going to say shit and be hurtful and um i was worried about how that was going to affect me and what was hilarious was that i just sat back and laughed at them because i was like I was so proud and I was so in my element and the confidence that I had that day and what I was wearing, I still carry with me and I still stand by it. So seeing those comments, I was just like, you just, you don't get it. Like yeah. you just don't get it. So that's what this song, this is very a roundabout way of getting <laughs> this song. Welcome to my life. I'm a singer, not a storyteller. Um, that I, I wrote this song jelly based on, you know, people being jealous, the bullies pick on you because they're jealous and you know, some people don't get it. They've got small minds and they're not interested in expanding 
view um, and different communities that lie outside of their own. And so that's my song, Calling Them Out. It's a great song. And just to let anybody know that I'm going to call your style of music, and I'm also not a musician, but your style of music is this really approachable club music. Yes. Right. Dang. Like my thing is yeah. club, most club music that I hear, I would never play in the apartment. Your, okay. your music is like, oh, this is fun party music that I would play in the apartment. Like you have people over, you're cooking, you're doing something, you're cleaning the house, mm-hmm. having like your, your music, your style of music is something that I really like. It keeps me, it's got a nice beat to it. I can understand all the lyrics. You know, these are important things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, and it's good because it energizes you. But like Bradford said, you know, you can play it at home or you can play it at a club. So it's really great how it can cross venues like that. And Mm -hmm. and like I said, it is very approachable. It's so good. It's great. But it sounds like through all of this, you've just been absolutely living your best life. Yeah, honestly, I've just I've been having so much fun. And and what's just been so encouraging is, you know, people coming forward and saying what like my music means to them. Like when I came out with straight until which the whole lyric is I'm straight until I'm wet. Um, That was the pun I was referring to in the very beginning as well. If people didn't already know. (laughs) If you don't know, you don't know, you know. Um, So. Yeah, and that so that was written at a songwriting camp with another bisexual artist, Aya Eves, and a wonderful producer, Tim, Tim Delahoyd. And Aya kept saying, I'm like a spaghetti noodle, I'm straight until I'm wet. And I was like, bitch, we need to write this song. <laughs> Last night, everyone else was like, you know, smoking weed and playing pool, and I like forced them into like writing this song with me. <laughs> And, um, and so that is, that's a direct recount of my first experience. So the moment like that, this sort of like threesome, like interacted and like kicked off was, um, yeah, my, my now she's a very, very, very dear friend of mine now. Her boyfriend at the time was like alluded to her wanting to kiss me. And I just looked her up and down and I was like, go on then. And so we put the lyric in the song. But, yeah, so that's what that song's all about. It's just representative of my journey. And it's, you know, it's not to say that bisexual people have to be horny or to, to qualify as bisexual. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm straight until I'm turned on and then I'm anyone's. Right. It's not that at all. It's just, you know, it was just like a fun – and it's – yeah, it's just a fun thing. It, I could talk a lot. It, it, no, please. <laughs> it's absolutely great. I love – the creative process is something that I absolutely love. And, like, uh, growing up, uh, listening to a lot of folk music, my dad loved uh, the Beatles and, and mm. Simon and Garfunkel, people like that. Mm. And so understanding where these songs mm-hmm. came from, I think they're – you get such a greater appreciation for the music, especially when the music is so representative of the artist. Mm. It, it just means so much. I love it. It just, it brings me joy. Oh, lovely. Thank uh, you. But the, the straight until I'm wet, I, I just, I, it's great. It's great. I was curious. I'm glad you brought it up. It's like, what, what do you say to people who are like, oh, well, you know, you're just saying when you're horny, you'll sleep with anybody. But it's like, but also, also, I'm going to I'm just going to say it. That's not wrong either. So <laughs> like... <laughs> but that's no matter I mean, what, but that's also no matter your sexuality right right that happens to everyone right totally right. like how much do you yeah. see that like you know when you're in that headspace you're like oh it's something that would like disgust you you're like i'm down for that like <laughs> you know if you're, right. in that, if you're in that zone um you know like there was a comedian i was watching that has yeah. had 
a skit around that being like, you know, like I would never want anyone to spit on me, but when I'm in the mood, Jesus. <laughs> like, Such a good point. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It is so true. Yeah. But it's also like a very, like to be like, to really drive home the um, vertness even more. Us uh, vagina having people, we're pretty much always in a state of wetness. So it's kind of like that commentary as well of like, it's all the time. Uh, <laughs> and I never thought about that, but you're, you're absolutely right. It's uh, right, isn't it? You know, you go into the long, uh, the, the short list that uh, I think many people think is a long list of people who have made me blush on this show. And uh, that was well done. Well done, Penelope. Sorry about that. Well done. <laughs> Does it listen? The listeners always love it when I'm thrown off my guard, so it's great. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, no, don't apologize for that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good. I'm all right. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, all right, let's um, just a couple of quick questions. Other than your own music, what music do you what drives you? What music do you love? Ooh, I am so eclectic. So, the reason I started singing when I was like five was Barbara Streisand. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. A fag hag at heart. Like just always, like I said, it runs in my blood. Like I'm just, I've always been a screaming queen. So now I'm um, imagining you growing up kind of like uh, Leah Michelle's character in Glee. Yeah. hundred <laughs> Yeah. And everyone was telling me to shut up. Um, so uh, yeah, Barbara Streisand, Bette Midler, Billy Joel, mm. um, Aretha Franklin, Tina Turner, Tina Arena, Donna Summer, um, Phil Collins, like they're all just simply red. Like just those are the greats for me. Like I love, I love great pop music and they're all variations of that, you know, soul and whatnot, Prince, MJ. Um, so they've been my inspirations growing up. Uh, now I love obviously Gaga, um, you know, she's mother monster. Um, Ash Nico is a wicked artist. It's like, man, if, if my music makes anyone blush, like just go check out Ash Nico. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do a number on you. Um, yeah. Doja Cat, um, Lizzo, Todrick Hall, yeah, they're all big inspirations. I love empowering, sassy, sexy music and, yeah, stuff that really, like, that makes you think and that I love good lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of good lyrics. Mm. You can always tell when the lyrics are lazy. Um, oh, my God. And yeah. isn't it just, doesn't it just suck when you hear, like, really lazy lyrics? You're like, yeah. Especially when it's a good beat and you're like, oh, I like this music. This is great. And like, why are you saying those words? Don't say those words. And it's they really nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's disappointing when you get sucked in by the beat and by the music. And then you do listen to the words and you're like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. Well, on the bright side now, I've memorized the song. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Uh, yeah. So. Talking about words, I, we're both musical theater people. And so Sondheim is like known for those complex lyrics and very mm. serious. I love it. It's good stuff. Mm. But yes, mm. all, the entire list of music that you listed went through are Bradford approved. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what you're wanting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So if it wasn't music, what would you be doing? Uh, oh, God. Um I love fiddly stuff like like making jewelry and that. I don't know if you saw, but I made. I'll take off my hair elastics. Your viewers won't be able to see, but I made all these little bisexual bracelets. Oh, cute! Oh, yes, cute. on the float. Aww. So while, while I was 
planning the launch of my song, <laughs> planning the um, the float. I was also sitting here with glasses on, like threading these tiny, tiny, yeah. little, like 40 yeah. of them. So I even like got my housemate involved and everything. So I love that. I love mosaicing. I love being physical with my hands and creating. I'm a horrible sewer, but I like to think I can try. Um, yeah, I, I love doing that sort of stuff. But honestly, like, I mean, music just, music has my heart. Like I've, I, like, and I've had times over the years where I, I love working in bands. I love live music, but sometimes you play venues where you just feel so unappreciated and you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like these people don't care, you know, and you really start to question like, why am I doing this? And I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine today who we both grew up singing in Talent Quest. And I just really had to come back to the fact that the one place that I really feel like home is on a stage. Like it's just, it's just means everything to me. So I love people. I love making people happy. I love uplifting people and connecting with them. And I get to do all of that on stage. Oh, that's great. And artists through and through. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to close with? I guess no, what's your Mardi Gras plans for next year, babe? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm st- I'm still recovering. I I went to I went to bed at like 10 a.m. Sunday morning and then 5 a.m. Monday morning. Mm. Um, if you can hear it in my voice, it's like yeah. <laughs> I'm meant to be playing gigs this weekend. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Um, but I'm definitely I'll be back at Mardi Gras. My, honestly, my plans next year, I really want to be on the main stage. It's World Pride. I'm 100%. On By Visibility Day last year, I was quoted on World Pride's um, Instagram page as their bisexual representative. So I really want to be in that conversation on that stage. And uh, yeah, I want to be traveling as well with my music too. So um, looking at some little overseas trips and stuff, um, COVID permitting and getting my stuff out there. So I'm recording my EP at the moment. So yeah, it's um, exciting times. But yeah, messages to people listening, uh, support live music support your queer community and just keep on looking for ways to love and accept yourself because you're beautiful. Oh, fucking brilliant. Love where, it. where can uh, people find you and listen to your music? Yeah. So you can find me on Spotify, Apple music, uh, SoundCloud, Deezer, all that under Penelope. And uh, you can find me on Instagram under I am the Penelope. Very humble. Um <laughs> <laughs> And I'm pretty sure my Facebook is still Penelope Pettigrew and same as my YouTube as well. So, yeah. And fun fact, my uncle's name is Peter Pettigrew for all of the Harry Potter fans. <laughs> so, so before the podcast started, Angela asked how you wanted to be introduced. And I was sitting here going, oh, I, I want to ask. I want to know. I like, Is this a common name? I don't know. Oh, I don't want to be. She, she might be like, oh, great. Another Harry Potter guy. <laughs> No, it's so funny. Um, yeah, no, like a lot of the, it's funny because I, I can always tell my Harry Potter fans because I'll be like, yeah, Penelope Pettigrew, like Harry Potter. Um, and some people will be like, yeah. And others will be like, okay. Uh, cool story. Good on you. <laughs> oh, I love it. But yeah, that's my real name. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for being on today. It's really, really great to talk to you and to learn about you and just how amazing you are in the crazy few weeks that you've had and really do wish you the best of luck in the future. This next year, it sounds like it's going to be just as crazy and fun filled as the past two weeks have been. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hope so. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And thank you for, yeah, for being a voice of our community. It's really important. And I'm really grateful. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks. 
it's not too late, you know, for the birthday, Christmas, Valentine's Day, whatever occasion that you missed, go to adamandeve.com and you can get yourself or your partner or some random person or me a sexy sex toy at 50% off using the checkout code by the by. That's B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. Go to adamandeve.com, do your shopping, throw your, your item in your cart. You'll get an item, that item at 50% off. You'll also get free shipping and you'll get some extras thrown into the box. Some gifts for you, some gifts for him, some gifts for her, some gifts for them. You'll also get six videos on demand that you can enjoy once uh, once you get your new toy. That's adamandeve.com. Use checkout code by the by. Once again, a huge shout out to Penelope for coming on the podcast and talking to us. Really excited to see where she goes in the next year and, and where we all end up next year for World Pride. It's going to yes. be amazing. Very excited. Very excited. A big shout out as well to all of the folks on our Discord chat who have been wishing me well wishes to get better soon with nudes. Uh, yeah, nudes that everybody can see. So Because uh, that always helps you get better, right? Makes I think me, so. Makes me feel better. <laughs> uh, yes. So if you want to join our Discord chat, support us on our Patreon channel. It's www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast. Uh, support us at any level and you can come into our Discord chatterino. If you want to reach out to us and uh, ask us your questions, give us your comments and tell us your rude remarks, you can message us on all of our socials. We are at By the By Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can email us, theatomsoflove at gmail.com. Or go to our website, www.bythebye.com.au and contact us through the Contact Us page. Yeah, thanks for joining us this week and we will be back in your ear holes next week. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.